You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Welcome to The Good Stuff. I'm Jacob Schick, and I'm joined by my co-host and wife, Ashley Schick. Jake is a third-generation combat Marine, and I'm a Gold Star granddaughter. We work together to serve military, veterans, first responders, frontline healthcare workers, and their families with mental and emotional wellness through traditional and non-traditional therapy at One Tribe Foundation. We believe everyone has a story to tell, not only about the peaks, but also the valleys they've been through to get them to where they are today. Each week, we invite a guest to tell us their story, to share with us the lessons they've learned that shaped who they are and what they're doing to pay it forward and give back. Our mission with this show is to dig deep into our guest's journey so that we can celebrate the hope and inspiration their story has to offer. We are thrilled you're joining us. Again, welcome to The Good Stuff. Today, we're joined by our very close friend and brother, Michael Cornell. We have wanted to have Mike on the podcast since day one. No doubt. But making it happen hasn't been as easy as just scheduling an interview. Reason being, he's in a big fight right now, a fight for his life, and he is battling. This Marine brother of mine was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer almost three years ago, which has now spread to his liver, lungs, lymph nodes, and stomach wall. He was told it was inoperable and incurable, and life expectancy was short. But today he is here with us very much alive. He is truly an inspiration and the epitome of a warrior. This isn't an episode about being sick. It's very much an episode about truly living. We are better people for Mike's presence in our lives, and we are so grateful that he is here with us and able to share his story with you. This was truly an amazing conversation with Michael, and we wanted the episode to just jump right into a story about the time we all traveled to Ireland together. So here we go. Enjoy. I loved Ireland. It's such a good time there. Such a good time. Thank God Sharon Crosby. <laughs> We're going to get into that, but... They, they wouldn't let you pour a fucking pint? Fucking, you let come, them, here. You, come here. You let the young pour a fucking pint. Like, you don't tell him no. <laughs> so, so the backstory on that real quick, we were in Ireland. 
with Gabby and Michael Cornell, his first trip over the pond to the Emerald Isle. And we were in the beautiful village of Kinsale, which we've talked about on this show before when we had Danny Manning on. Carney has this thing. What's your thing about pouring a pint? It just, it just, uh, it started when I graduated high school. My father took me to New York to go watch the uh, Red Sox and Yankees play at old Yankee Stadium before they tore it down. I don't know. Maybe he just felt like, look, I can't really get you into the, every bar, but let's see what we could do, right? And there was this uh, bar called Tommy Makem's Irish Pavilion. Tommy Makem is a famous Irish singer. So my dad walks up to like the guy at the door. He's like, hey, look, you know, I'm just going to take my son in real quick. He's got to use the bathroom. We're just here for his graduation. The guy's like, I don't care, whatever. Let's me in. I go have a beer with my dad at a bar for the first time. And I was like, this is pretty cool. You know, I'm like drinking Bud Heavy, whatever. I didn't care. Trying to stand in the background so nobody could see me. But the next day we wake up and we go back. He's like, I just want to try and get a picture. So we walk behind the bar and just talk to the bot. And he was straight off the boat to like shameless O'Leary or whatever, right? <laughs> I mean, he was talking to us. How you doing? My dad talked to him and he's like, he looks around. He's like, come here. Someone behind the body, let me hold a bottle of Jameson, pour a glass or somebody. And then that's just kind of how it started. And then it became this thing of whenever I travel, I try to let them let me go behind the bar and pour a pint. Nine times out of 10, they don't care. When we were there, it was just right post COVID. So they were like, mm-hmm. most of the guys were like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, because the first place was at Trump, at the Doombay Hotel. Doombay, yeah. I went out to the, they had like where we had breakfast at. But then there was like a bar that was out on like the first tee right there. Gabby and I went walking around. We stopped. We just figured we'll grab some drink, whatever. And there was nobody in there. And I just asked again. He was like another little 16, 17 year old shameless old Larry just in there. And he's like, Ah, I'm not really supposed to do this, but sure, go ahead. <laughs> Stand behind the bar and start pouring pints. And then it was every bar in Ireland, like, I'm going to pour pints as many times as I can. So it, uh, So it, then we get to Kinsale, which we know a lot of people there. And now your family to everyone in yep. Kinsale, this amazing village in Ireland that we love so much. Was the white something or what was The it? White House. The White House, yeah. The Frawleys, the White yeah. House. Great place. So they had a little special reception with Irish veterans there in their back room. And then Mike's like, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go pour some pints. And so he leaves. Well, he comes back a little while later and he's like, yeah, they wouldn't let me next door. They were like, oh, lad, you can't come back here. No way. No, there's nobody come back here and pour pints. And I'm like, all right, my, my bad. Sorry. Well, what they didn't know is that we were with the great Sharon Crosby. One of the greatest humans on earth. And Sharon immediately stands yeah. up and oh, yeah. says, nope, come with me. Yeah. And so next thing I know, they're gone for That's like... That's not exactly how she said it either. No, she, How'd she say it? It was a lot more colorful than that. Yeah, it was a, there was a <laughs> few Sharon F-bombs that were thrown yeah. in there. Like, yeah. you're not going to tell this effing yank that he's not going to pour a pint behind the bar. Just the way she did it, though, like, you fucking not telling him he's not pouring a pint. <laughs> and then she's like, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going next door, too. You make sure he finishes pouring his pint. Michael, when you're done with your pints, you come next door to me. I walk over and there's Sharon and like four women and they just absolutely loved me and they just like threw me behind the bar and just started <laughs> pouring pints. And then the next day she sent me a message on Facebook. She was like, you're good to go. And she listed like 15 different restaurants <laughs> in bars. Like, they all know you're coming. Just drop my name. I was like, I love you. Like, <laughs> next thing I know, we're still sitting at the White House. Gabby looked at me at one point. She's like, is he good? I'm like, oh, he's with Sharon. He's fine. Yeah. He may be halfway to Scotland. But yeah. he's good. <laughs> 
Those women were having fun with me. They sure like me, though. They're on the train to Dublin. But no, but next thing we know, we're getting this picture of this big American plaque with Carney and like five Irish women, you know, flanking on either side. My my belt buckle like tucked in and everything. One of our friends, Ryan James, made fun of me. He saw that picture. He's like, would you just graduate boot camp? Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Great times, great times in Ireland. Oh, it was an absolute blast. I mean, it was a dream come true. I mean, that was always one of those, as a kid, I mean, my mom hasn't even been, and she's always wanted to go, you know, and I'm like, look, go. I'm like, especially now, she's retired and everything else, but back then, like, when we went and it was all COVID, she was all, like, worried, and she had heart disease Mm. and cancer and everything else, I mean, it wasn't, like, the greatest time for her to be doing traveling, but... Now they're retiring again for the second time and they're moving to um, Hilton Head. So they're more up to doing more traveling again now, which is really good for them. So Well, and, and part of the reason we decided to take that trip and, and thank you, Jake, for making that happen was that we went to you about three years ago, almost, and said, what's your bucket list? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're here sitting today in your office at your home. How are you feeling today? I look at it in two ways, you know, physically every day is a, it's, it's a battle, you know I mean? It's uh, it is what it is when you get diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer that 
It doesn't matter what it is, though, whether it's your stomach, whether it's your feet, whether it's your arm. I mean, it's, it's cold outside now, so like the medicine I have makes my bones really cold. The neuropathy in my hands and fingers is a thousand times worse than it's been. I knew it was going to get like that with the winter coming up, but it makes walking you know, difficult. I got to use the cane half the time where I'm grabbing the kids like, <laughs> come here, hold on. I'm like falling over. <laughs> Mentally, I'm blessed to be able to wake up every single day. You know, I mean, I realized that, that we're all living in borrowed time. I think you've said that before. We're all living in borrowed time. And sometimes you look at the hourglass and something, you know, maybe my sand's a bit less than everybody else's, but I'm happy that I got to wake up today. And like I tell people when they're like, I'm having a rough morning or whatever. I'm like, dude, you woke up today. The devil's already pissed off at you. So don't worry about it. All right. You already tacked one thing for the day. Just keep going. That's kind of how I, I mentally, even in the morning, tell myself, like, do it. Just get up and then make myself get up and get going for the day. So, you know, it's 50 50. Physically, I'm okay today. And mentally, yeah, I'm squared on. So. Yeah, for well, the most part, you know. So I put glasses on, then I get all blurry and I can't think anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just wrapped up your hundred thirtieth round of chemo. Mm -hmm. Why only one thirty? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny question. People ask all the time, like, "Oh, so was that your last one? How many more you have to go?" I'm like, "No, I have no idea." <laughs> you know, I'm like, when they uh, when they tell you inoperable, incurable, you keep going, and you know, people are like, "Oh, chemo was so bad. I had to do two rounds of chemo." I'm like, "Don't." Stop in the room Stop. because <laughs> bite, been self through, bite tongue, self but, bite tongue. But at the same time, I'm like, I've been through 130 rounds of chemo and it's been 130 different feelings every time. So when somebody's wow. like, I've been through this like twice or three times, I, I get it. It sucked. It, it, it does. I go, but you know, you get to the extent that I'm at now and you know, my body at some point in time starts to deteriorate, right? I mean, there's only so much you can take of mm -hmm. this before you know, your body breaks down, like I said, I have the neuropathy and all that, but it is what it is. So like, if I could do 131 and they say you're done, let's do it. If they tell me I got to do 250 before I get finished, all right, well, let's go for 250. You know, I'm not trying to break any chemo records, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but... Well, as long as you get to keep wearing those grandpa sweaters like that, Dude, right? I think this that thing we're. Is what are you talking about, grandpa sweater? Dude, this thing is warm. I think we're good to go. Yeah, money, I could wear this out in probably the club you right now. You can do whatever the hell you, know, you want to do. Certainly in a pub in Ireland. Yeah, I definitely. We have wanted to have you on the good stuff since day one. I mean, you were literally one of the first people we put on our list of people that we wanted to have on this show, mostly because of that mindset that you just talked about. You know, you don't want to break any records, but not to glance over the weight of the fact that you've had 130 rounds of chemo, but your mindset is unbelievable. It's hard because just like anybody, you can have a good day and a bad day, right? And the mindset of trying to stay positive all the time. One of the things they first told us when I got diagnosed, and they gave this like big book of like this cancer book, <laughs> like the ABCs dictionary, whatever. And there's been a few times since then, my wife was like, where's that book? We can go back and find it. Because there was something in there that was important, right? But one of the things they tell you like at the beginning is like, you got to get rid of negativity. You got to get rid of toxicity. These things are not good for somebody who has cancer. You don't need stress in your life. I'm like, well, that's everybody, right? I mean, who, who needs any of that kind of stuff in their life? So it just became this thing of trying to figure out between my wife and I in the beginning, because when I found out, at first it was a culture shock. It was a, what, what are we going to do? Like, 
we, we didn't prep for this. You know, yeah, I was doing great at work and, and the kids were good and everybody was healthy except for me, apparently. But even when they came and they said, you have cancer, I was like, all right, well, cool. Everybody gets cancer. Wait, like what kind? And they were like, stage four was like, oh, so we went right to the end. And then like stage four B, I'm like, oh, there's a B. I didn't even know. I thought it was just numbers. I'm like, so the B is what? Like bad? <laughs> so, I just remember sitting with uh, with Gabby, my wife, a couple of days later on the, on the bed, reading through the book and just being like, I was still trying to rack everything in my head because I'm a problem solver. That's just what I do. I, if there's an issue, I figure it out and, and I attack it, I go after and I, I, I solve the problems for everybody. And I could have figured this out. I could have wrapped my head around it. I was like, what am I going to do? And the best thing that happened to me outside of having Gabby trying to keep me confident all the time was I had a friend from work who called me up and said, I heard about your diagnosis. I want to give you a few days to go ahead and think about it. But let me tell you a story real quick. And he said, my mom had exactly what you had. And he's like, and all she did was eat Whataburger and drink large Diet Cokes every day. And I, I can tell you exactly where it was. I mean, we were in the old house. I was in the kitchen. Like, I know exactly where it's because I stopped once he told me that. And he was like, and I want to let you know that she's still here today. And I was like, all right, so this can be done. Because doctors don't give you that. This could be not a problem, Michael. Yeah, stage 4B cancer, colon cancer, metastasized to your liver. Not a problem. This is going to be an issue. No, and they're, they're like... So, sir, yeah, uh, inoperable and curable for a reason. No, that's what it means. And I remember when the doctor told me originally, like, I slammed the chair on the floor and I was like, we're going to have to rewrite that because that doesn't work for me. But getting that news from that friend just kind of put the positive attitude in my mind. Like, all right, somebody's done this before. Somebody's beat this before. And if I'm going to be negative, it's not going to be good. You know, it's going to just beat me down. I've been into the rooms before and seen the cancer patients that just look like they're like, they're never coming back. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. That's their last appointment. And they're going to go to hospice or they're going to go home and they're going to pass out that night and not wake up the next day. And, you know, I walk in the nurses, they're like, outside of the two times I lost my mind in there, they've, they're like, we love you. You know, like I walk in with the iPad, I'm laughing half the time. I'm cracking jokes, even when I don't feel good. It's like, if you, you know, I'm not going to make it through life if we don't keep it light. That's, it's Marines too, right? I mean, we bust on each other so much, but it's like, it's out of absolute love. So if we don't keep that positive attitude mindset and, and the one-step mentality, you know, keep moving forward because it doesn't matter what, what a Marcus is trying. I watched this interview with him the other day and he's like, 90% of what was in the movie is not what really happened. And he tells the story. He's like, I was on a rock for like a day crawling from the Taliban. They knew where I was. They were shooting, you know, RPGs at me and they were throwing rockets and grenades and everything else down at me. And He's like, I just kept moving. I just kept moving. He's like, I knew there was this lake in front of me and I needed to get some water. So I just kept moving. It's like, it's just one of those mentalities in your head. If you just keep that one step forward mentality, if you could take it, and no matter if you get to crawl, you get to walk, you get to run, however you make it, you make it. And then surround yourself with a good support system. People like you guys, people like the Vibord, people like the Turners, people all of these nonprofits that we do work with are, as you said, you surround yourself with good people. By default, you become a better person. So... All these great people have taught me so many things that have changed my mentality over years to try and be positive. Plus, I got three kids and I'm getting older and mature and trying to teach them the right things in life and be positive. So, Your mindset and how hard you've battled over the past three years 
I mean, I, I'm speechless. I really don't have the words to how consistent you've been with this mindset. No days off from your deciding <laughs> to live. Yeah. You know, it's the Navy SEAL thing when no days off, right? But that's, that was something that hit me today. I was like, I said something to Gabby, like, it's been three years. I'm like, I don't get a break. You know, everybody gets a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. I'm like, I don't get that. I get to go to bed sometimes in a great mood and wake up absolutely miserable and be miserable all weekend. But then it's so horrible, the summertime, right? Because with this medicine and stuff, I'm like, I went to my oldest daughter's soccer game and walking from the car to the field to set up a tent with a Lowe's bucket that has a fan that blows ice to watching her game at 110 degrees, whatever, and then packing it all up and get back in the car. And I looked at my wife and I go, I'm done. And she just looked at me like, it's 11 o'clock. I'm like, I'm done for the day. Like, I don't make any of the plans. We're going home. I'm going to sit on that couch and I'm not moving. Like, I ain't just like collapsed. It just, it gets you. And I'm still learning that with my limits as it's becoming more and more difficult to do things, but I'm also that stubborn marine in my head. Like, I don't care what this is telling me. I'm going to make it. I mean, I had a goal. I always wanted to run the Boston Marathon. And a couple months ago, I texted two of my cousins, and uh, they both have done it. One of them's uh, an oncology nurse. And I was like, hey, I just want to get your opinion on this before I actually start thinking about it. I go, I can't do the training right now because it's too hot in Texas. I go, but once it cools, I should be good to go. I said, what do you think about running the marathon? She was like, absolutely not. <laughs> she was like, if, as my cousin, I would love to see you come up here and run the marathon. And if you do it, I'll be the first one standing there on the sidelines cheering you on. She's like, as a patient? She said, no. <laughs> you probably won't make it a mile. She's like, the dehydration, all that. She's like, you're just going to be killing your body. And I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for." <laughs> She's like, no, I want to see you do it. I was like, well, you just basically told me I can. And my other cousin's like, nah, you could do it. And he's, he's her brother. He's like, I, I definitely believe that you could do it. And I'm like, me too, right? I could do it. And then I go for a walk to the mailbox. And I'm like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I come back and I'm like, you know what? I don't mean that marathon might be a little bit harder. I might have to, I might have to do 500 walks to the mailbox before I can get to do the marathon. So that's one of the things I remember at Carry the Load, which is our our annual Memorial Day walk yeah. that we all do together. You were out there at that's, that midnight that, march. I think it's important to say that it's its own nonprofit that we. One tribe's beneficiaries and the Depth Training Foundation, a bunch of other really great organizations, and that you know we've been doing this together for, I mean, I think since we've known each other. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, how many years? Over a been? decade. Yeah, over a decade. Was know, eleven Matt, years or Matt twelve Sark. years this year? Twelve years, yeah. No, I mean just the midnight march. You were out there with your cane and yeah. your big old chain around your neck. Got to get the yeah. sweat equity in. And that was actually the first one we did silent. I don't, I'm yeah. sure you remember before mm -hmm. we started and I spoke and then asked David to say a few words. You spoke, and he kind of yelled at people and told them, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We're not well, talking. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I, you I was were angry. angry. Yeah, I was yeah. angry. I mean, it was... Uh, it's zero dark. So, yeah. Well, just, yeah, yeah, but you know, and I needed... And I was honest about it. I said, I need this too. Yeah. I, I need to heal too. Mm -hmm. And I think that we owe it to them, those that we're honoring, to just shut your soup cooler while yeah. we're doing this. We're not playing music. We're not, we're just going to walk. We're going to start together. We're going to finish together. And if you have a problem with it, and I do remember saying that you can walk right out the same gate you walked in. 
and nobody left. I mean, there's like 200 people there. Yeah. It was all awesome. tears and everything. And it was, that was a spiritual moment, man. man that, guess... that hour and a half or hour 40, whatever it took. Cause it wasn't, you know, cause one lap is what, seven miles, seven miles, I think yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then, and I, you know what I really distinctly remember about that walk was the dog tags. Yeah. Terry Burgess. Thank you. Terry wears on his pack. You hear him the whole time. Yeah. And all you heard was the clink, 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 because he wears all the dog tags of Brian's unit that that they lost, not just Brian's. And it was the clinking was like it was almost like marching the cadence, mm -hmm. like we do in the Marines. It was just that clink, clink, and I just remember thinking like. It was just different. And then, you know, at one point I did have to run up to the front and tell them like, hey, got to slow it down a little bit. we got a couple of stragglers. Cause, and they were, I remember the first time I did it and he looked at me and the guy was like, seriously? Yes. <laughs> I know, but we have to slow it down. You know, so it was, it was different than the typical character look, right? Yeah. You know, it's different than the, I'm going to get out there and march around with everybody. I'm going to see his hand. I'm going to take a thousand photos, mm -hmm. kiss babies, the whole nine yards, right? Do you see so-and-so? Do you see so-and-so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so excited for that day to go see everybody mm -hmm. and to be a part of an event that's obviously bigger than ourselves. And I I always genuinely look forward to it. And even if I'm out there at night and I'm walking around and it's 100 degrees outside, I, I, I still love it. The quiet thing was different. And it gave you that moment, like, to really take that time to reflect. Like, why are we really here? Right. Like we all know why we're really here. And I don't think it really hit me until on the way back, my buddy, uh, John, who one of my old neighbors, he had a couple of friends at that period that we were walking just that time frame. there was like six signs in there with his friends were all on those signs. So like mm. he sees the first one, he stops, he puts the hand on, like he'd already done, you know, like 18 miles that day, mm -hmm. but he stayed to do it at night seeing him touch the last one and like how emotional he was about it that I was like all right you got it but like I hope this quiet part in this reflection gave you that time to mm -hmm. really heal from what you're still you know having a hard time yeah. with I mean should we also do right I mean yeah. I'm sorry I'm not cursing but that's who I am you've uh, dropped like 20 f-bombs up to oh, this point you're right. good <laughs> <laughs> good to go then all right this is the good cat the, the the podcast and uh, we're not gonna put the thing at the bottom with the explicit language we'll, put but, a disclaimer. Uh, yeah. well so the the good news about that is is that with a lot of our guests they're like okay what well, you know what can we do or can't we do I'm like Talk as if you want your children to hear it. So for you, it's not <laughs> a problem at all. Yeah, <laughs> there is nothing they could hear where they yeah, would be like, "Whoa, yeah. Dad!" I, I, I've, I've tried to get better. I really have. But you know, the F You're word Boston is just. You're Boston Irish. I know, but the, the F word is just part of my language. I'm like, I don't use Oz, but I have. I, I use the F word like it's like tomorrow. Like so, there's, there's no tomorrow. So let's take it back to Boston. Tell us about your upbringing. Tell us what made you even want to become a United States Marine. It was weird growing up in Boston. Uh, I, my mom's one of six. My dad's one of six. You know, I have a huge Irish Catholic family, you know, and out of the six of them, you know, on both sides, I think only one had three kids. The rest were all like four, five, six. So... I have massive family. Massive amount of cousins, right? I mean, like the family text thread, sometimes I'm like, I, I got to mute it because <laughs> I'm like, there's, there's a hundred people on here. I don't <laughs> care. I know the Patriots are losing right now, right? <laughs> I had great aunts and uncles. I really did because of the age 
both of my parents actually were the second or the third oldest in their family. So they were uh, older than like, even I have aunts and uncles who are only like 10 or 15 years older than me. Wow. So, you know, they were kind of my brothers and sisters or whatever. When I was a kid, they were my babysitters. They, you know, took me to the beach. They did all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I had a good, decent upbringing. And then we got to like middle school age and my parents got divorced and it became a broken home. And just one of those things of bouncing back and forth between houses and be pre-cell phones and text messaging and all that stuff. So I was the oldest. So I was the one communicating the messages all the time. Nobody was happy with whatever message they got. <laughs> so it never turned out the way they wanted. But I remember a conversation with my father one day driving down the road and he just like, he asked me what I wanted to be when I got older. I was still a kid. I was like, I'm a professional hockey player playing for the Bruins, just like everybody else or playing for the Red Sox or whatever, right? Which is Dennis Larry City says, I, you know, I, I thought I was playing for the Boston Red Sox. It didn't happen. You wear a helmet sometimes. You just got to suck it off, right? That's just part of life. <laughs> and that's the way it works. And all our dreams work out the way we want to. But I went to a good high school. I felt that's where I started to learn who I was as a person. Because being a kid from a broken home and having to deal with these conversations all the time and the arguments and the fighting and the divorce, I was very quiet kid and you guys know me you know I, I i've never not been quiet i'm i'm center of attention loud vocal i got something to say i was just a quiet kid and i'm, I'm sure it had to do with a lot of the stuff around us that made us just shut down in life and uh, my dad asked he was like what like what do you want to do in life where do you want to be and i was like i'm going to be in a big city but it's not going to be here and i don't know what i'm doing if i'm not playing hockey but I'm going to be living in a big city. I'm going to be in a tower building. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no dreams. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I want to be, you know, an accountant. Mm -hmm. No, none, zero. To this day, I'm still like, I don't even know what I want to be, right? <laughs> so I graduated high school on a team, uh, a soccer team that my um, soccer coach was a drill sergeant in the army and hated that guy for four years. <laughs> hated him. He came out first day of tryouts. He had all the stuff that they even Rinker uses for marketing. He was like pain is weak to sleep in the body, blah, 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 all the stuff. And no matter what we do, you guys are going to be the most athletic and fit team out here. No team will run you off the field ever. And if they do, we'll be running. And I'd never been in shape like that. I mean, I could probably run three miles in 15 minutes at that point in time. I mean, it was just, we were so, yeah, that's, that's all we did was run. We ran from school to practice instead of taking cars. The seniors could take a car to practice. Well, our senior year, we left the cars in school. We were like, no, this is how we've been yeah. doing it for four years. This is how we're going to keep doing it. We're going to that's awesome. run to school. Right? Yeah. We, we got this team behind us and we knew our freshman year too, there was a kid who goes, man, we're seniors. There ain't nobody stopping us. Yeah. And yeah. we went the night before training camp started. A bunch of us seniors and some of the juniors that had been on the team before were like, let's do something different. Let's sleep at the field before uh, double sessions start. Some of the guys were like, why? I go, well, yeah, you know what? This sounds like the dumbest idea, but <laughs> the coach is going to show up and we're already there. So we're already a step ahead of him before the season starts. Even though this guy watched us play all summer and everything else. But I left school and I went to college and I got the party card of college down pretty good, 4.0. It was the going to class part that I struggled with. 
My first semester, I went to class. Second semester, I half went to class. Third semester, I think I like, went to class to like I'm signing me like I'm dropping this class. <laughs> and I knew I was going to be doing something different. So I think I went and saw my mom for Christmas that year. And when I came home, my dad was like, hey, your report card came in the mail. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, we're not going to do that right now. So we'll have this conversation tomorrow. And I was like, all right, I know what I'm doing. And he said, what, I'm joining the military. And he was like, it just like floored him. Like, you're, you're not joining the military. I was in the military. You're not supposed to be in the military. You, you, go, you go to school. You're supposed to be better than me. I'm like, it's not going to work out. I hadn't even seen the recruiter yet, right? I'm just telling him this what I'm yeah. doing. So like next day I'm down taking the bus to go see the recruiter. I walk and see the recruiter, recruiter. I'm like, hey, I'm ready to join uh, boot camp. He's like, awesome. We have a delayed entry program. Usually takes about a year. Plus the test, you get a pass and everything else. And I was like, no, I, it's, you have to understand. I go, I got to leave in like two weeks. <laughs> he was like, two weeks. I go, well, one, when my father finds out that I'm joining the Marine Corps and not the Army, he's going to kill me. <laughs> All right. And and it's because he wants me to go to school. And I, I don't want to go to school. I go, and number two, my 21st birthday is in three weeks. So if you can't get me out of here before my 21st birthday, I'm going to stay. And then I'm going to go talk to like the army recruiter. He was like, all right, hold on a second. He was like, will you pass the drug test? And I was like, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, let's get that squared away. Number one. Okay. Let's get you past the drug test. So I went took a drug test to pass that. Took the ASVAB. He's like, dude, you basically put your name on the paper. That's it. That's all you basically get to do. I scored like a nine something or whatever the score was. And he came back, he's like, your score came in, you did great. He's like, what uh, dreams or goals do you have about like being in the wrinkle? What do you want to do? I was like, I thought you guys just blew stuff up. He was like, oh, 351. I was like, <laughs> I have no idea what it was. Not realizing like the MOS chart is on the like, the board behind me, yeah. right? With 900 jobs that I, I could have been yeah. an air traffic controller, right? Yeah. I, mean, I could have picked any job in the world to teach me something to have a skill when I got on? No. I'm going to go play with Tetan and RDX and friggin' TNT and everything else and learn how to play with dead cord and rockets and missiles. And I was like, well, that, I mean, sounds like a lot more fun than guiding planes in anyway. And then through so the recruiter calls me and he goes, you're still ready to join boot camp, right? I was like, yeah, you guys ship out on Mondays, right? He goes, yep. So next Monday, he's like, because it was Monday night already. And he goes, nope. I'll be at your house at four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, ah. He's like, is that going to be a problem? Like, nope, not a problem. He's like, all right, I'll see you at zero four. I'm like, good to go. Haven't called my parents yet. I haven't told anybody that I'm going to boot camp, that I'm even this far into it. I call them all up and they're like, you're an idiot. I can't believe you're doing this. You're so stupid. And I was like, whatever. I get in the car with the recruiter. And that's when I actually got the best advice I think I ever got. And this is the advice I give every recruit that I ever meet that's going to boot camp. Drill instructors are paid assholes. The minute you get that in your head, you are going to be good to go. Yeah. You know, and it took me about a week or two where I was like, all right, I get it. I got the game. It's it's all mental. Oh, yeah. You're never fast enough. You're never quick enough. Even if you are, somebody else isn't. So why rush? Just... Get there as quick as you can, yep. you know, whether it's getting up in the morning, going to chow. I mean, I've had chow where I've sat down. They're like, all right, everybody up. I'm like, I didn't even get a bite. Like, I'm like, <laughs> yep. can I be kidding me? I'm like, I wasn't like done 
no rats or double rats or anything. I was just, I was in the back of the line as I was a squad leader and then somebody messed up. So by the time I got yeah. a chance to get my food, I'm like literally taking a plastic spork, trying to shove down eggs, powdered eggs yep. to the trash barrel. <laughs> and God forbid you take a drink of your water with one hand. Oh no, man. You're... I remember being at Paris Island and we were, we had PT one morning and it hit me. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, at the time, all we were doing was what? You know, rifle training, drill, working out, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Nomenclature. You weren't you weren't in the field doing anything Yeah, you weren't yet. learning. Like, yeah. you, you were doing basically training yeah. Marines. But I knew there was just one day running around the, the track out there for PT. I just remember it, something hit me. I go, I, this is what I want to do. I love this. I'm like, I'm, I get up and I'm working out. I'm like, I feel great. I wish I could still do it today. I wish I could get up and still run here, <laughs> but, and I hate running. So, boot camp wasn't one of those things that, like, a lot of people are like, oh, it's horrible. It sucked. I'm like, Dang, I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, yeah, it sucked, but I knew I only had 13 weeks. Just deal with it. It's all mental. I mean, the crucible was the most difficult thing that you did the entire time you're there. Mm-hmm. And getting your drill instructor to come up and shake your hand and hand uh, put an e globe and anchor in your hand is one of the most just honorable achievements ever made in my life. Yeah. I'm like, it did something that people were afraid to do. Well, very few have yeah. done. Very few have accomplished that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember, did y'all do it post-Crucible or did y'all do it? We were like the third Crucible, third team, third phase that had gone through the Crucible. Wow. Yeah, but so did y'all do the EGA? The Warriors Breakfast Presenting of the Eagle Globe Maker yep. post-Crucible? Yep. Or did y'all, okay, you did? Yeah. All right, yeah, that's when we did it. Why, they're doing a pre now? No, 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 no. I've heard oh, that some, oh, yeah, no. some platoons wait till graduation day, some yeah. platoons, and I'm like, No, we came all out, out all muddy, dirty, and everything, because it was pouring the entire time we were there, too. So we were all in the mud and everything. Oh, it was, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> they planned it on that. Hey, we're going to have this week. It's going to be the crucial. If it ain't raining, we ain't training. Exactly. That's why. <laughs> the Marines now control so, Mother Nature. Yeah. <laughs> so how did that training physically, mentally, emotionally... How do you feel like that's contributed to the battle that you're in right now? I think that being in the Marine Corps has given me everything that I have today. I wouldn't be who I am without the Marine Corps, with the time that I spent with the guys that I served with, the times that I've spent with the guys that I didn't serve with, you know, the people I've met outside of the Marine Corps, the whole legacy of what the Marine Corps is, like you can't mess up because there's so many historical people that have gone before you that... I mean, my first year in the Marine Corps, I was in Okinawa, right? And there was an incident in Okinawa where there was a, a murder or something like that that had happened. And we had this brief from the Marines that were there, but then like the uh, State Department came down to see us. The Japanese version of the State Department came down and come talk to us. We weren't there when it happened. We got there like two weeks after, and they were just like, tension on the island is high. Yeah. You can't mess up. And you're like... Well, good thing we're going for jungle warfare training. We're not going to be sitting out here at the bars and the strip clubs and everything else all night long. We're going to be over in the woods, so we'll stay out of trouble. But it's just one of those things that I think that mentality that I learned from the Marine Corps, which is just this attack, attack, attack mentality, has definitely been one of the things that helped me when it came to this fight that I have now. Because trust me, it's 20 days where I wake up and I'm like, dude, screw this. I can't do this today. I'm like, I'm just... and. I have to sit there and, and remind myself, you know, the whole, I watched a lot of videos to get motivation, you know, and some of it is, you know, hey, you, 
you miss a thousand percent of the shots you don't take or you know i need something like that in the morning to get me to wake up or the picture i have up here you know keep going like it gets me up in the morning to, all right here we go and then once i'm up you know and then she better get my head right and then i think the marine corps mentality is always going to be in any marine because we are who we are for a reason we're wired differently than everybody else and when people are like, oh, Marines are a-holes, blah, 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 like, no, we're, we're confident. We're cocky. We're self-centered. We know that. We've owned it. You made fun of us and told us we eat crayons. We owned that. <laughs> and now you're mad at us that we actually enjoy eating crayons to make <laughs> you look like an idiot. Like, you don't understand. Marines are just built differently. We always find a way. And even with my diagnosis that I have right now, doctor could say whatever they want. I made a video of well, me last time with MD Anderson. I'm like, hey, it doesn't matter if they say there's shrinkage or if there's growth. It is what it is. We'll figure it out and we'll keep moving in the next direction. I'm like, it doesn't matter what they tell me. They tell me that, the doctor already told me once, a couple weeks ago, she's like, you've already exceeded what your life expectancy was supposed to be. I'm like, I know. I told you guys you don't know me. So it's one of those things of just, I just had this dog mentality of not, I'm not going to give up. I mean, even the days that suck, you know, I'm, I just got to get up, give me some water, give me some sugar. You know, Gabby's like, stay away from the sugar. I'm like, give me a Fanta or whatever. <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> Something. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually 
in person and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Let's talk about Gabby. Angel, I wouldn't be here today without her. You want to start getting me crying? Man, no, I don't want to start no, getting you crying. That, okay, so here's the thing. Nobody's trying to get anybody to start crying. Yeah. No, I'm good today. But what a support system. You and your entire family, like you have all five been battling. Yeah. And the rest of us who call, you know, right. you're our brother. So. I mean, it was hard, right? So it's January 2021. I go to the hospital and they tell me I, you know. What led you to the hospital? Like, like so what happened exactly? The whole 2020 COVID thing, I, I started having some pain on my side. And there was a couple times I had blood on my stool, which is like red flag, you're supposed to be. But I was like, all right, maybe I ate too much food or, you know, whatever. It wasn't like a constant thing, right? My back was hurting. I mean, I attributed a lot of the problems I was having to just stress, getting older, not working out anymore, not taking walks, blah, blah, blah. So there is a place in Frisco that's called a float spot. I don't know if you guys have ever been to it, but they're like these huge Epsom salt tanks, right? Mm-hmm. I told Gabby on Saturday, I go, I'm going to go do one of those float spas that should suck everything out of me. I should start feeling better. Hopefully by the time I get home. I came back home and I was feeling worse. I go, that's it. I go, I'm, I'm done. And I hate hospitals. Like, I, don't, I just don't do doctors. I don't do hospitals. I'm a stubborn man, right? And I go in and... You know, of course, it's the middle of COVID. So the doctor comes into the room and he's got like a blue ET outfit on with a <laughs> tube hanging behind him. Right. Like I the, think it's important to tell the audience that it wasn't an actual ET costume. <laughs> it was the people that were wearing the uh, biohazard yes, suits. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Okay. But it's funny because like the doctor comes in all suited up. The RN is sitting there. She's just got like a, a paper mask, right? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> nurses. You look at the tube and you're like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> Somebody's not communicating with somebody. <laughs> you know something we don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> so he just immediately was like, your symptoms are basically telling me you have COVID, but we'll do a blood test. And I go, it's not COVID. He's like, I'm pretty sure it is. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not. So because it was COVID during that time frame, you couldn't leave the hospital. You were put in a separate wing of the hospital. So, I get in the wing in the hospital. I call Gabby. I'm like, hey, I got COVID and I can't leave for like three days, whatever. I wake up one morning in the hospital and there's a doctor standing there. He was like, I work in oncology and uh, I just want to let you know we're going through your blood work and everything else. It appears you have a blockage in your colon. We want to get checked out and... Uh, we've done some blood work on your liver. What it looks like right now is that you have multiple tumors. You have cancer. And I was like, okay, so not COVID. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I guess we just got the vial after the C wrong. Okay, no big deal. I'm like, all right, cool. Everybody gets cancer. Like what kind and how long? He's like, well, run a colonoscopy, run a few tests. And then a couple of days we'll meet again and we'll, we'll sit down and talk. And I was like, all right, cool. So I had like no idea it was like stage four, right? Like it's just... 
Like you have cancer, don't tell Gabby. Like this sucks, but like you know, my mom had cancer. She beat my dad had cancer. She beat. We've known people who have beaten cancer before, right? I'm like, all right, so it should should be all right. Hopefully, caught this early enough. And then we go into his office to go talk to him, and he's like, okay. So they go through the book. The whole time I'm like, can we get to the answer? Like I'm like, (laughs) what's the number? What stage, man? He was like, you have stage four. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's that's not good. He's like. Yes, yeah, so you're gonna be doing chemo, and I was like, okay. So, like, when am I starting chemo? He's like, right, right now. Like, you're when we're done here, you're walking into the room, you're starting chemo. I'm like, are you serious? He was like, yeah. So they already knew I had cancer, so they had a medical port imported or implanted when I was knocked out for like the colonoscopy or whatever. So then I gotta come home and figure out, like, all right, I have stage four cancer. In the first three months, I didn't get out of bed. I mean, I was in bed. I was waking up, I was taking pills, I was seeing what was on TV, I was checking everybody in the house, looking at the food going, this looks disgusting. Go to the bathroom, lay down, fall asleep, wake up, do it again the next day. And back then, oh, it was horrible because I was on so much medication, I have the cold sweats every night. Ugh, so uh, like two, three times a night, I'm waking Gabby up, like, oh, we gotta change the sheets, I, gotta, I need help, like, cause I'm just so drugged up. And I didn't know. I mean, I was taking what I was told to take because they're doctors. Looking back on it now, I wish I was more like, know this, know that. We're trying to do things healthy as well. But knowing the pills, I never looked at like the amount, like the opioids and all that kind of stuff. But here we are now, three years later, and more in control of how it works. It is what it is, but... Yeah, that's how I found out. It was a good day. It was a nice, beautiful January day. I mean. But here we are three years later and you are still battling and you are beating cancer because you're still here. Yep. So I had a hard time in the beginning with like trying to figure out what to say about like, yeah, I have cancer. Whatever. I was like, I, I made a joke a couple of times like, and I never should have because I did it in front of the kids who like, I was dealt a death certificate and I have stage four. I had a cousin who works in oncology and she was like, you need to stop saying stuff like that. She's like, you need to remind yourself that you're living with cancer. You're not dying from cancer. And I was like, it was an instant switch in my head. Like I never thought about it that way. And I'm sure you've run into this before. I'm sure boys have been out there when you've been speaking that you're into a moment or whatever and you're speaking and you don't realize sometimes they're, they're there and you're saying things like when I was saying things like death certificate or whatever, like I didn't take into account like what those words really meant to my kids yeah. or to Gabby or that if they thought that I was giving up, I was just, it was years later. I mean, shit, just even now, just thinking around like, I, I can't believe that I, I did that back then. Like it was a couple of weeks ago. I remember telling a friend of ours, return, I'm like, we're not saying that anymore. Like I get it and it gets the point across this, but you know, Bruce Lee has his comment about bad words, give you spells and good words, give you blessings and things like that. So why talk negatively about something when we can talk positively about it? Be like, he's still living with it as opposed to he has a death certificate. <laughs> we all have a death certificate. Exactly. It's just a matter of when he's going to get in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are Michael Carnell's words to someone who's battling? Man, it's never quit. Never give up. Because like, a lot of these cancer groups I've a part of that are online. And a lot of them are great because there's people who have been in your situation before who, you know, you may have a question about 
this treatment that they're going to give you, or you're having this problem today, or you can't figure this out or whatever. And somebody on there seems to know, like, Hey, I've been through this before. This is what we had to deal with. There's even like, so there's this group, it's called the Colon Town Group, right? Because it's colon cancer. But then they have like 15 different groups or 40 different groups or something like that inside of it. One of them is a military group. And this guy's in there like, hey, I've been having a hard time with my PACT Act. How do I get this paperwork filed? So, you know, there's people giving advice. Well, there's one that's part of that's called Man Up to Cancer that is really good. People put a lot of good stuff in there. But there's a lot of negativity sometimes too. People are like, I'm on round this, you know, my life is horrible. I hate this. I'm sick all the time. I'm tired of this. And, you know, I get on there sometimes. I make my post and I'm like, I'm on round 130. And no matter what happens, I'm still walking out of here at the end of the day. And I'm going to keep positive attitude and just uh, keep moving forward. So I, I feel sometimes people give up on themselves too much that they don't want to have. And this is the thing I've talked to the doctors before, too. I'm like, look, I understand you guys have MDF, your name, but there's a reason why it's called practice in medicine, right? I said, but at the same time, what was it? I was just going to say something. You see, that was the chemo break. Just kicked in. No, it's fine. Jake has TBI brain, so. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> forgetful sometimes. Oh, no, I, so I, I, I'll tell the doctors, I'm like, the one thing you guys can do is you, you can read charts and you can come up with hypotheses and theories and everything else. I said, the thing you guys don't take into account is. Human spirit. Just even the faith the person has in themselves. Right. You could be as religious as you want to, you still get cancer. And you could pray all the time and hope those prayers are answered. But if you don't have faith in yourself that you could believe something, that's why I look at doctors and I'm like, Yeah, you didn't think I was gonna be here a year ago. Yeah. And I'm here. Let's take that as a as a stacking a win. So when I get to days, I see her and she's like, your numbers are down. They look really good. And I'm like, high five. She's still kind of awkward to me. My, my uncle is not like, <laughs> she doesn't really do high fives, but she's been, uh, she's been awesome. You know I mean? She's got me to this point. So let's get back to Gabby. You took a job with the Dallas stars. Mm -hmm. She was an ice girl for the Dallas stars. Okay, so what is an, an ice girl an again? ice girl, not an ice girl. <laughs> so they would go on the ice and they, they clean the ice in between the, so in the NHL, they have three five minute, or uh, three TV timeouts per period. It's supposed to be every five minutes, 15, 10, five, right? During those TV timeouts, the ice girls would come on the ice, wave, hey, how you doing? And Show they off. do it in full body robes with hoods on. <laughs> Pretty much. And then they had shovels and they would pick up the snow around the ice which would just you know I mean you want to snow off the ice because it causes friction on the puck and slows the puck down and everything else so try to keep it as clean as smooth as possible and I got stationed in Fort Worth like completely by accident but I had a friend who was here and he introduced me to somebody else and they were like oh you like hockey and I was like yeah I've been playing since I was like four years old and they're like do you want a job with the stars I don't work security I'm like I don't want to be Dude, sit around in a jacket, just let me read your ticket. I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. And they're like, just come on out and tell us what you think. So the first night I was out there and I was assigned to work with ice girls. And I walked around with my now wife at the time all night long. At the end of the night, I was back in the room with some of the guys and they have like these pictures, you know, that the ice girls sign all the time to pass out to fans or whatever. And one of the guys was like, out of all the girls in here, which one do you like the best? And I actually pointed to Gabriella and <laughs> yeah, you did after that. Like, it just seemed like, you know, we would go to like 
they had the bar, the Jack Daniels Club at American mm-hmm. Airlines. And we'd always go up after the fans would leave and stuff. And then we'd be able to go up there and go get a drink or whatever and see our friends or whatever. And I saw Gabby and she came up to me. She put her hand on me and she was like, we should go out sometime. And I was looking, I was like, this girl putting her arm on me for her. I'm like, <laughs> I've been going to all these events for like a year, chasing her around, showing up, talking. I'd be like getting full conversation with her. She'd be like, I got to go to the bathroom and then never come back. And now... <laughs> Now she wants to put her arm on me and we should go off sometime. I'm like, this is... Uh. So what'd you do? We actually spent that entire night talking. Yeah, and then I walked her back to the parking garage. And then we set up a time to go out on a date. She had tickets for a Rangers game. So she's like, hey, you want to go to a Rangers game? So our first date was her take me to a Rangers game. And I don't think the Rangers have ever hit so many home runs in one direction. All right. We were like in left field. <laughs> Every two minutes, there's a ball hit at us. I was like, this is a bad spot, right? Like <laughs> we're talking the whole time and just trying to make sure we don't get hit in the head. <laughs> <laughs> that is a beautiful yeah. love story. I chased her around for a year and then she finally let me take her on a date. And then uh, we moved in. We started dating in September of, oh man, oh three. September of 03, yeah, because we deployed in 04. And we started dating in September, and I think it was like November. I had to call her up, and I was like, hey, I go, uh, we just got some news over here today. She's like, what's that? I'm like, we're deploying. She has no idea what that really means. She's still so new to the Marine Corps. <laughs> like, she hadn't even been to a Marine Corps ball yet, right? And I'm like, I'm deploying. And she's like, okay, I go, uh, I wonder if you can help me out with something. I go, my lease ends in February. We're leaving at the end of February. I'm not going to get an apartment to put my stuff in or storage. I go, if I pay half your rent, can I just, can I leave my stuff for you? All I had was a couch, like a TV, my clothes. I didn't have anything at the time. I was 23, 24 years old, right? I had no money. I barely, I mean, I think I still use solo cups. I didn't have a regular <laughs> cup in them, like my apartment, right? So she's like, yeah, no problem. And when we came back from deployment, she picked me up. We hung out that day, and then she took me home, and I've never left. So, <laughs> I've never been asked if I wanted to live with her. Here we are 20 years later. Always be closing. Always yeah. be closing. That's brilliant. Yeah. No. 20 years and yeah. three, beautiful three beautiful children kids. later. Three very well-behaved children that I couldn't ask for literally anything better. I mean, parenting is one of those things, right? We're always trying to figure out. And I had this thing I had written down that, uh, and of course, now I don't have the glasses, so I can't even, there we are. Here we are. But when it came to uh, the kids, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier about what you know, we don't pay attention all the time to what they hear. We're always saying the things that we say, the things, like I said, like death certificate or whatever. And yeah. What I go through and what I look like, the side effects, the pain, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I go, there's somebody else that's watching me and paying attention that's learning and growing. And I feel guilty all the time because I don't want my kids to grow up knowing their dad was sick all the time. Liam came home from school every day and I was on the couch, watching TV, under blankets, drinking tea, looking miserable, you know, or sometimes when I go in and I have the chemo and the side effects are... You know, things like when my face break out, I'm like, I, I don't want to go anywhere with my kids because I don't want them to be embarrassed because I look like the way that I do. I think one of the good things is our oldest daughter's soccer team. There's like six of them that are in together for like eight years. So we know them all very well, but she's with such a good group of parents. We've been with them for a few years now that they know like what's been going on with me and they know like when... 
I'm not there when it's 120 degrees outside because I can't be in the heat. And I, I might have to miss a game in the winter because it's too cold. And having people like that in our lives that just extends our support system of people mm -hmm. who can help us out has been immensely helpful. I mean, I can't thank the parents of the teams that we have around us that uh, have helped us out big time. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. and, and I think the kids don't see maybe what you're feeling. I think they see their father fighting because you're a warrior. And that's what you've continued to do for three years. Yeah, it's it's still just it just it's hard to wrap around your head sometimes. You know, I mean, Nick asked me the other day, and he's like, "Do you have problems talking about death?" I was like, "Dude, in 1998, when I signed in the yellow contract, I, I accepted death a long time ago. You know, and I went to a private school, so I grew up religious, and I accepted a long time ago for myself. If I was single right now, and something happens in a car accident, like I." I, I don't have everybody sit here and feel bad for, right? With Gabby and the kids and everything else, my whole goal, you know, nowadays is making sure that they're all taken care of. You know, not that nobody does, but if it wasn't for you coming to me that day, like, hey, I, I apparently I've been nominated from all of our friends to have this conversation. You have to have a, you have to have a will and you, we're going to hook you up with a lawyer and everything else. I was like, you know, things like that, you don't, you don't prep for when you're, 43 years old and you're thinking like, I got a great career. Things are taking off for me. My kids are doing well. I'm living kind of the American dream and I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. And then all of a sudden, so we pull the emergency brake and you're like, yeah, guess what? All that fun, that's all done and over with. That, that That's no longer a part of your life. It's one of those of like, yeah, you sit down, you figure it out. You're like, oh, I gotta do big boy stuff now. I gotta do a will. <laughs> like, mm. Damn, <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough to, to put that stuff in, but it was nice to have it done and behind us because right. we don't have to think about it anymore. We know right. what's going to happen with everything, what will happen with the kids, what will happen with, you know, I mean, obviously we're not talking like that as if something's going to happen, but we're just, yeah, we're more prepped today than we were before and trying to just enjoy life every single day. That's the thing is there's so many people are, you know, they're like, you enjoying it? I'm like, yeah, I have good days and bad days, but I'm living it. You know, and that's the thing is it doesn't matter what that looks like, right? And I, I think that it's important, you know, with Jack and JMO, the being from really young to getting older and older, and they would ask me about the scars and you know this and what, how did that happen? And I used to be concerned about, well, you know, when I walk into the daycare, are they going to be like, oh, that's my dad with the robot leg, and you know, whereas now I just couldn't possibly care less. Yeah. You know, because it's easy to show them living when everything's great. It That's easy. Yeah. But doing it's hard. But doing it now. Yeah. Like you're showing them what grit with grace looks like and you're showing them. And I, that's why I just wholeheartedly disagree. And I think that's very much societal thing that's been pushed on you on that mindset of like, well, you know, if I'm breaking out and I don't want to go and I'm afraid they're going to be embarrassed. And I mean, I think that's really societal. Like, I feel like if we didn't have all that shit out there, mm -hmm. you would never cross your mind. Probably not. I think it's so important to say that what you've shown them for the past three years is so much more valuable than anything they're going to get in a classroom, anything they're going to get on a soccer field or from a game experience or gaming experience. I, I just truly believe that what you've done has been, uh, it's been like, I sit in awe of you 
and I don't do it with, and you know me, mm-hmm. like, I don't say that lightly. Like, there's not a whole lot of people where I'm like, wow, I'm just blown away. Cause I don't do that. I mean, well, man, probably cause it's pretty hard to blow me away. I mean, unless you're the Taliban, <laughs> but bro with you, it's been, I, I think that your kids, your wife, your family, your friends, it's motivating to think about you and it's motive. Like anytime I feel like shit and I don't want to do another call or do this thing, thing. And I'm like, come on guy. Yeah. You I know? appreciate that, man. I mean, it means a lot, especially coming from you. I've, I've, I've learned a lot from you over the years. And I said this once before somebody, I said, uh, I wouldn't wish cancer on anybody. Obviously it's a horrible, miserable disease, but some way, it's been a blessing in disguise. It's made Gabby and I a thousand times close to each other, even when we're arguing about stuff. We don't argue like when we were younger, you know, like, oh my God, you, you stayed out with your friends too long and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad at you for nine days and not talk to you and whatever. Now she's mad at me and the next morning she wakes up, she's like, how can I help you? You know, and it's, we've learned more of a mutual love and respect. It's deeper for us now mm. than it was before. But even with the kids, it wasn't like I ignored the kids and we didn't go to things with them because we went to every event that they had, every game they had, we've been to it, right? I appreciate it more now because they go to those things and I'm like, you know what? Not everybody woke up today. Not everybody's getting to see this. So I'm blessed with being able to wake up and me pissing off the devil every day. And even if I feel bad or if I look bad, I, I love going to watch the kids play and being at their stuff because... Maybe me sitting there thinking one way about like, I, I don't want them feeling bad that I look like this or they think of me like this when they get older. Hopefully they remind themselves that I was always there. You know, I was always making it to the games. And I hope in God and pray all the time that we do something right with the kids. Cause it's like parenting is, I don't care what book they give you. There's, it, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. You know, we love our kids so much. We just try to figure it out all the time the best we can. I guess Gavin and I have always had the mantra of we'll, we'll figure it out. And, you know, they've had a hard time with it. I mean, they gotta, they got to go through this stuff too. You know, they got to deal with, hey, see me like that. But also, like, when they go to school, I'm like, I don't know if they bring it up. Like, we've talked to the teachers and let them know. You know, we... And there was one time a teacher sent us a message that Lex was having a hard day and I talked to her about it. And, but I'm not there. So I don't know what is being said during the day, during the class. I mean, it shouldn't be something that's brought up as a topic of conversation, but, you know, it, it can be. And then it can affect them big time. Mm-hmm. I had to call the coaches and stuff like that tell them, like, I just need you to know, they may come to practice or a game today and be off because I'm off. All right, or I'm in the hospital, like when I had nationals, you know, I'm like, I'm in the hospital, so she's in Virginia nationals. And I'm like, that had to have weighed on her, had to have had an impact on her. Even though I talked to her every day and told her, I'm good to go, don't worry about it, I'll be fine, I'll be home when you get here. Try to keep it positive. I was like, I know she had a hard time getting excited for being at such a large event that she was at for herself, such a huge accomplishment for their team to go to nationals and beat 441 other teams to get there. And I felt bad because I wasn't there. I was like, this sucks. But, you know, we got more nationals going on this week. So hopefully I make up for it. So. <laughs> Go to a little bit warmer weather. Yeah, yeah.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Michael Carnell, to echo everything Jake said, you truly inspire us. You motivate us on the daily. We're just so privileged that we've got you as a brother in our life and we get to be in such close contact. But thank you for coming and being so willing to share your story to inspire so many other people. Are, we love you. Y'all are family to us, man. I mean, the, the, the both of you, you know that. Uh, have been for years. It was funny because when Nick asked me, he's like, how long you known Jake? I go, I don't know. <laughs> I go, a long time. And then he asked me, he's like, when did you, you remember when you met him? I was like, Yeah. I was like, we were at a friend's house. We were at Jimmy Mac's house, and you walked up the door and you said, "I just got the phone with Bobby G." And I'm like, "What the? How do you know Bobby G?" And like everybody there looked at me all like, "How do you know Bobby G?" I'm like, "I'm from Boston. There's only so many Bobby G's in Boston." Yeah, you guys got in a fight. Yeah, okay. The first time we met. Yeah, we were at a hotel party in high school. Never spoke a word to each other. Just look at each other. All of a sudden, he jumps on the bed. We start brawling. No reason whatsoever. <laughs> Another Marine. So with our brothers and sisters that have served and deployed, you know, do you have any words of advice to them about getting checked out? Absolutely. I mean, nobody came up to me and told me there was a thing like that. I need to go get checked out. And this sounds like an immature you know, adult, like I should have been responsible and known, but I didn't or I just didn't pay attention. It's extremely important. I mean, with the PACT Act that's out there now, there, there, there's so many things that the VA will help out with when it comes to people who are dealing with cancer. 
the thing is you got to get checked out. You, you have to. And, you know, a colonoscopy is like sometimes it's uncomfortable and it's, you know, it's embarrassing to want to go ahead and talk about whatever. But it's it's an hour or two out of your day. You go ahead, you get checked out, and then you get the rest of your life of knowing I have no problems. Or you find it early enough so that you can go ahead and go ahead and take care of. So take the time, make the appointment, whether it's with the VA, whether it's your primary care doctor, and just get a cancer screening. I know, like I said, I'm trying to work on an event in March. We could do it here. But please take the time and get a cancer screening and just make sure you take care of yourself because you worked your ass off to get to where you're at. You might as well go ahead and enjoy the rest of your life. So get checked out. Michael, is there anything else you want to say to anyone that's listening? Uh, man, you know, I mean, I, I can sit all day and thank all kinds of people for getting me, you know, to where I'm at. You you guys are a part of that group. And, you know, you say the, the thing all the time about keeping, uh, you know, the circle small by design. And I've really taken that into, into our lives over the last couple of years about the people we really want to trust and have around and who know what's going on. You know, there's you guys, there's Rayleigh's, if a Boris is, you Butlins, know, people from Carrie Steve and, and, you know, people up in uh, Massachusetts and, but that, that's it. Like the rest of it is like, I'm not trying to hide anything from anybody. It's just a matter of, I go through what I go through and, I think the first year that I was diagnosed, it was very public and everybody wanted to know. And it was a thousand questions, a million emails and text messages and everything else. And I loved all the support, but then it came to like year two and I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, let me, let me live my life and, and, and try to figure it out. So there, there's a million of those people that I, all the people involved with all the nonprofits that we've done work with before. I and mean, I could send a spitter all day. They talk about it. There was one, this is this is a quote that I, I really like and I, I keep it around. And it's about an old Cherokee. You may have heard it before. It's about Cherokees and wolves. And the story, it goes that there's an older man. He's uh, taking out his grandson and they're talking about life. The old man explains to the grandson that not all people in this life, you know, they, they're struggling too. There's a fight for them to go to. And the struggle consists for two wolves. So one manifests itself through negativity, you know, bad energy, and he's anger, he's sorrow, he's inferiority, he's all that's evil. The other wolf is joy, he's compassion, he's faith, he's truth, he's love, he's all that's good in this world. So the grandfather and the grandson sit there for a little while, and the grandson asks him, he's like, well, which one wins? And he's like, whichever one you feed. So when we talk about love and appreciation for everybody else, I feel that the more we feed that to ourselves, the more we put that out there in the world, the better everybody else would be. No matter with all this other crap going on in the world today, going back to the Bible, like to love your neighbor and stuff like that, I just feel that if we just started treating each other a little bit better each and every day, it's going to make a big impact. And it makes an impact on the children because hopefully my kids grow up to be, you know, good kids and not punk wise asses like I was having to get out of town. <laughs> so I'll leave with that and say, I love you guys. Thank you so much for even considering having me on for something like this. Let me bump my gums for a few minutes and hopefully gets to somebody who needs to hear it and gets their day better. I guarantee you it will. Thank you for being part of the good stuff. Oh, we love you. Love yeah. it. We are so grateful Mike had the strength to dig deep today and have this conversation with us. He is truly an incredible human being, and we are humbled, honored, and privileged to call him brother. His life has definitely made our lives better. No matter what you're going through, keep going. Life is so short and precious, and every moment matters. You matter. 
make it count. We have one episode left in season one, and it's another great one. Make sure to follow The Good Stuff on social media. Stay up to date on The Good Stuff Podcast. And reach out to us on our website at thegoodstuffpodcast.com and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to The Good Stuff. If this episode touched you today, please share it and be part of making someone's day better. Put on your badass capes like Michael Carnell and go be great today. And remember... You can't do epic stuff without epic people. Thank you for listening to The Good Stuff. The Good Stuff is executive produced by Ashley Schick, Jacob Schick, Leah Pictures, and Q Code Media. Hosted by Ashley Schick and Jacob Schick. Produced by Nick Casolini and Ryan Countshouse. Post-production supervisor, Will Tindy. Music editing by Will Haywood-Smith. Edited by Mike Robinson. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you feeling overwhelmed by anxiety, struggling to find restful sleep, or plagued by a restless inability to focus? It's time to break free from the chains of mental health challenges and discover a path to healthy living. Welcome to Amen University, founded by renowned psychiatrist and brain health expert, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, alongside a team of esteemed doctors and experts in their fields, understands the struggles you're facing and are here to offer solutions. From debilitating anxiety to sleepless nights filled with worry, our courses are meticulously crafted to target these specific challenges head on. Join us on a journey of transformation led by Dr. Amen and a roster of top-tier professionals. Say goodbye to the constant battle with your mind and embrace a future filled with hope and possibility. Visit our website today to explore our courses and start your journey towards a brighter tomorrow. Use code BRAIN10 and get 10% off. That's code BRAIN10 and get 10% off your first purchase. Amen University, because your mental health matters.